Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. This morning, uh, we are continuing on with our shape series. Now, I know, I know, we've done now the S H A P and E. We've done it all, you think. Well, we haven't actually, because what we've, what we've started is we've been looking at what are the aspects of those different areas of shape, but now we're going to dig a little deeper. Now we're going to find out how do we actually have this happen in our lives? How do we determine and make a difference to what our shape is? So over the next number of weeks, that's, that's what we're going to be doing. So I know you thought it was finished, but it's not. So do you ever feel a little bit uh, stuck? It might be that you just can't work out how to get out of a situation. Well, I've got some um, images up here of some people that are stuck. That just looks like a nightmare to me. <laughs> As a parent of uh, girls with long hair... <laughs> Who on earth thought that drone was a good idea? <laughs> or maybe you've been stuck in mud. Always a bit fun and challenging to get out of, particularly if it's the really sticky kind of stuff that kind of attaches and the more you move, that, that, the more it kind of... Yeah, that's not good. I'm sure they got out. Or maybe it's our wildlife that gets stuck. And they can't get out of that themselves. This one is a, a minky whale that um, got stuck in some, some fishing net. He certainly, or she, is stuck. <laughs> or maybe your parents, uh, or you are parents, who like to get up to a bit of mischief and um, put your children in uh, unfortunate positions. <laughs> he doesn't seem to mind, though, does he? <laughs> but... Uh, we all do get stuck, sometimes literally, but uh, more often it's uh, in a different way that we get stuck. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. So even the Bible talks about getting stuck, but thank goodness it also talks about how to get unstuck. So it's the extra stuff that distracts us. It's the things that slow our pace down. And, you know, often it's the things that uh, we do to ourselves. It's obstacles that cause us to stop from fulfilling our purpose in life. Our own goals, it may be. Our ambitions, our pride, our self-will, or many other things that can get us stuck and, you know, it's the evil one's plan to make us really stuck that we're not going to move at all. The evil one wants us to be burdened down so much that we cannot work out how to get out of it. In 
Romans 12, chapter 1. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. So it's a funny idea that's in this passage that talks about offering um, our bodies as a living sacrifice. So I just wanted to stop and have a quick little look at that. So obviously sacrifices were a term that were used a lot um, in the Bible because they actually did sacrifice animals um, in the Old Testament and so they knew that term a lot. Obviously it's not talking about blood sacrifice so um, that's not what we need to do. We don't need to be going and uh, you know pricking our fingers and and uh, offering blood. It's not that. It's our spiritual position. It's our our um, and our interior position that we give as a living sacrifice. So it's, it's sort of like giving our soul um, to be able to display the characteristics of Christ, to have the fruits of the Spirit that the Bible talks about, that these are the, that is the natural outpouring when we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. So another term that might be a little bit easier for you is that it's surrendering. It's surrendering your body, your life. Um, it's giving it over so that you're no longer in charge. Um, we love to be in charge, but it's uh, not, uh, not necessarily a good result. It's surrendering over to Jesus, and it's not instantaneous, and it's not pain-free. So that's, there's n- not sugarcoating it, okay? <laughs> Surrender is a hard thing to do. And it can be that surrender is, has to be done quite a few times. There can be an in, the initial surrender and then ongoing surrender. As we work out as Christians, what, how do we walk with God? How is our path and our shape to be uh, worked out so that we can take the hands off and let Jesus be in charge? But even though it's not pain-free and it is hard work, it's worth it. It's worth it. And I think if you had a chance to chat to somebody else in this room about their Christian journey, they would say the same thing. It's hard work, but it's so, so worth it to find out more and more about who you are and who you're meant to be transformed in Jesus' name. Here's a quote for you that was from Kay Reed, who came and spoke to us. God, show me your will, and if I like it, I'll do it. I think you're probably working out, eh, something's a little wrong with that. So it can't be our choice. We need to consider our relationships, our careers, kids, money, dreams, desires, pain, Regret, longings, worries, things that have happened in the past, things that are happening now, and even things that will happen in the future. Max Licardo says, 
Don't go to God with options and expect him to choose one of your preferences. Go to him with empty hands, no hidden agendas, no crossed fingers, nothing behind your back. Doesn't uh, hold back. (laughs) So remember, though, that it's not going to be awful. It may be hard work, but it's not going to be awful because God has the best plan for you. You may remember this from a few weeks ago. You are a valuable original, created by God on purpose for a purpose. He has equipped you in a unique way, so we just have to let God be God. (laughs) Sounds so easy, doesn't it? Because he does actually know what is best for you. It becomes the ride of your life when you hand over the reins. So we need to ask God, okay, God, what is it? What is it that I'm holding on to so tightly and I cannot let go of? What are the things that he needs to reveal in our lives that are weighing us down? What are the things that we may not be even owning up to others about, but we just keep holding on, we just can't let go of that thing? It's distracting you from being the masterpiece that he made you to be. We need to let go and let God. So before I continue, we're just going to stop and pray. And then Hannah is going to continue in that prayer as she reads out Psalm 139. So let's pray. Thank you, God, for how we are all made. Thank you, God, that we are valuable originals. God, we ask for strength for each person as we reflect on the things weighing us down. We ask for a clean start. We ask for forgiveness. Amen. Just have the microphone on for Hannah, please, Tom. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. 
I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Thanks, Hannah. We have things that we put in our way that we create ourselves and I just want to spend a little bit of time going through and looking at some of them um, in more detail. So the first one is um, that we need to let go of our worries and let God take care of them. So when we say worries, usually we also use the word stress, don't we? And it's a very, very common Um, theme in high schools. They talk about it a lot. (laughs) Um, It seems every subject covers stress in some way and uh, it's uh, it's very prevalent. There was a survey done in 2015 where there was 35% of Australians reporting to have a significant level of distress in their lives. 35% a significant level of distress. And the number one issue for causing stress was financial. Financial issues, the number one. Now, stress is a very natural part of who we are and it's okay to experience stress. Everybody does and uh, we can't not experience stress. It's actually, on the whole, it's great, it's good. It makes us do things that we may not... uh, Uh, want to necessarily do but it's good for us but it can also cause us to um, spiral into a place where it's not healthy. We can become worriers that becomes actually chronic and it can burden us and it can actually be a roadblock to God and his purpose for us. If we let the stress control us rather than handing it over to God. Psalm 55, and this is various verses in Psalm 55. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught. You see, even David's experienced stress. It's a very, very natural thing. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. Then skipping to verse 16. As for me, I call to God and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning and noon, I cry out in distress and he hears my voice. 
He rescues me unharmed from the battle waged against me, even though many oppose me. And then verse 22. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will, he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. So if you experienced a stress or a worry in your life that has, becoming, has become a consuming part of who you are, that's become something that's actually kind of had a life in itself in you and you've realised that it's not healthy. Sometimes it can start from something that's actually fine. It's good. And I just want to share with you a story of something that I've experienced and still dealing with. That's okay. Sometimes I worry about my future. And I'm sure this is not uncommon to us here. I worry about um, what it's going to look like. It used to be that my desire was to do life with my husband until death do you part. And I looked forward to all that growing old together would be. And I have always loved marriages and weddings and I love seeing older people walking down the street hand in hand. Just does something in here. It's, uh, it's pretty special. But for me, things went off the rails eight years ago when my marriage fell in a heap. And so that particular desire is, is uh, changed. <laughs> and in all of that difficulty, one of the hardest things to deal with is that I no longer have him to grow old together. And I can't hold on to it myself because it just starts eating you up and I have to give it to God and sometimes I have to give it to him again. <laughs> and I have to say, okay, God, this is yours because it's too big for me. It's too big for me. And I know it's not going to get better by me worrying about it. And... I know that God is revealing little bits and pieces as I go that actually are really exciting for my future. And it's okay. I have no idea what the future's going to be. No idea at all. But I'm okay with that because I'm no longer trying to control it. I've given it to God. Mind you, I still love weddings and and marriages and anniversaries and I still love seeing old people walking along holding hands and even a little peck on the cheek is even better. It's pretty good. Do you know so much so that I've actually obtained my licence to marry people and I was so surprised when the events within my work here, I'd done enough study and the opportunity came up to do a, a, a particular course on that. And I was like, really, God? Is this, is this a part of who I am now? And like, with all the stuff that's happened to me, you still want me to step up and actually marry people? And he said, yes. 
So praise God, that's now something that I get to experience in the future and to be able to join in celebration with people as they marry each other. So what about you? Some of you may have a similar experience to me, but I know many of you don't. But that doesn't mean that there's other things that are not stressing you, things that are worrying you. It may be financial. It may be sickness that's triggering it. There's many things that can cause stress and worry. But we need to let go and let God. The second roadblock I wanted to look at was to let go of our wounds and let God deal with them. God is waiting for us to trust him with our wounds. Things that bring us great pain and can cause scars that last for a very long time. So usually the physical wounds heal, although sometimes it can be physical as well. But there also can be a deeper variety and these are the wounds of your heart. So Psalm 147 verse 3 gives us hope and promise. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. I was reflecting, there's been a lot of reflecting with this one. I was reflecting on this, that the wounds that God's been revealing to me in the past and how he's been shaping me and dealing with things for me. And 12 years ago, roughly, there was somebody that I knew very well that was arrested, completely out of the blue, well, for me it was, and jailed for her horrific crime. I couldn't forgive him. I couldn't forgive him. Very quickly, I realised that it was affecting me. Although it wasn't something that I had done, it was eating me up because I couldn't forgive him. I've had opportunity of having mentors, which, praise God for mentors, they're awesome. This particular mentor realised very quickly that there was something that I was holding on to that I couldn't forgive. And she kept asking me different things and, and eventually... Eventually, it all came out that I just couldn't forgive this man. And I had to lay it bare to God and say, God, I don't even know how to forgive him. I don't even know what to do. But by laying it bare to God, he started to heal the brokenness in me. Now, hang on a sec. Didn't I say that this was what somebody else had done? but it was causing problems in me and he needed to heal me. Because of those years of bitterness that I'd been feeding off, they needed to be made whole in me. And I got to the point where I could actually um, write down and say to myself, um, say to God, I forgive 
that person. Now, I haven't had the opportunity of actually speaking to this person again, um, but that's okay, because that's not always possible. But between God and me, I've been forgiven and I've been able to release it to him. And he's, yeah, he's forgiven me as well for, for the way I reacted. Sometimes I need to go back to God again and say, hey God, I think I'm starting to take that back up and I need to give it to you again. Please, God, heal me, heal me again of holding, trying to hold on to that. Has someone hurt you deeply that you can't stop thinking about? Somebody that you have not been able to forgive? Freedom is possible and healing is possible. We just have to be brave enough to give the ache to God. Another roadblock that we might experience is with our wrongs. And we need to let go of our wrongs and let God. So the wrongs can be things that we do to other people, both intentionally and even unintentionally, just simply because we're people of sin. It can be actions or words or both that can be the wrong. Eric Reeves says, very few things are more harmful than guilt when it comes to our attempts to fulfil our kingdom purpose. So just like I said that the bitterness can eat us, the guilt can also really affect our lives and even our health. I know that I have wounded people, mainly unintentionally, but nevertheless, sometimes I say things with my mouth and they're out and then... They're gone. They're said. You can't unsay things once they're out. And they can wound people. I have unintentionally wounded friends. And I'm sorry for it. But I can't hold on to that. We can't hold on to it because God gives us freedom. From those things. He gives us forgiveness. There's no condemnation in God. Through Jesus, we are set free. We just need to refuse to give in to the destructive influence of guilt. We need to start by confessing. We need to <laughs> confess to God, and if it's possible, confess to those that we've hurt and to receive forgiveness and thank God that he gives us forgiveness and we don't have to hold on to them ourselves. 1 John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins and he's, he's faithful and just and will 
and he will purify us from all unrighteousness. There is great freedom in letting go of our wrongs. And I'm sure that many of you can attest to the fact that forgiveness is a profound healer for us all. Proverbs 28 verses 13 to 14 says, Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Blessed is the one who always trembles before God, but whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble. There's a fair bit of truth in that proverb, that if we hold on to things and don't seek forgiveness, the analogy that makes sense to me is like we've just been digging a hole that's getting deeper. And the longer we hold on to that thing that's causing us problems, our hole gets deeper and deeper. I don't know if you've ever been in a deep hole. It's very hard to get out of a deep hole. It's very hard. But if we let go and let God, we can seek healing. We can seek forgiveness, seek love and not guilt. And he promises that we can find mercy in him. Another roadblock that we might have, and this has been talked about a little bit already in the previous weeks, is to let go of your weaknesses and let God. So this can happen in many different ways in many different parts of our lives. So let's go through some of the things that we've heard over the weeks, just touching on this about our weaknesses. So when we talked about heart, we, we mentioned about that it might be that we have a lack of faith. That might be our weakness. Or that our passion is not really strong. But if we give it to God, he can ignite within us an incredible passion. Or that passion that was not very strong can, can be made bigger or it may be something else. If we ask God for a stronger faith, he will give it to us. We just have to ask. When we talked about our abilities, we can see that um, physically things can be a weakness for us. But compared to God... Well, everything's a weakness, really, isn't it? Because God is, is the strength. But in God, they're no longer weaknesses. In God, they become strengths. You know, it's interesting the term we use, disabilities, isn't it? Because is it really? Is it really a disability? I've met many people who live with disabilities and my mum herself has a disability. But by giving these things to God, they have become great abilities for these people. 
things that they never realised that other, they could connect with other people through, things that gave them open doors into places that they never imagined would be possible because of their disability, but actually because of God. You put a disability and God together and it becomes a great strength. And so it is with our weaknesses. They also become great strengths. When we talked about personality, we talked about that sometimes we just want to be like other people. We look at how other people's personalities we are and we want to be, um, have those things that that other person has. Remember Mary, Martha, that Martha thought that her, um, her way was not right. Well, sometimes we think that Martha's way is not right, but it wasn't that. It was that she needed to put God first and then her personality can become all that it should be. Or remember when Damien spoke on experience and that you may have something, an experience that you've had that you think is a particular weakness. But it might, you might think it's a weakness in yourself, but God sees that as an opportunity of displaying his strength. Or as Jared discussed last week, Sometimes we look at um, the, the particular spiritual gift that we have is not strong enough or that we want another one that somebody else has and that can be seen as a weakness. But fear not because God wants us to give all aspects of ourselves. So whether it's heart, abilities, personality, experience and spiritual gifts, in all of these areas, God can do the most amazing stuff. As long as we're not trying to do it in our own strength. Paul is talking in this next passage from uh, 2 Corinthians. He's talking about what God um, told him about a difficulty that he has. 2 Corinthians 12.9 My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So therefore, says Paul, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So are there particular weaknesses that you have that you haven't been able to hand over to God you're holding on to going, but I just want to complain about that thing <laughs> because sometimes we ridiculously enjoy the complaining process about ourselves but God doesn't want us to be complaining he wants us to hand it over to him and it's in that that then he can reveal the most amazing things about you that he has put in you so let's go over the things that we've been discussing to let go of your worries and your stresses that are in your life and not to become a chronic worrier about the things that are happening. It doesn't mean you don't need to practically do things to overcome some situations, but with God, all things are possible. To let go of your wounds 
and to let God deal with them. Don't let them eat you up. God already knows about them anyway. So why not give them over to him? To let go of your wrongs and let God. Let God forgive you. Let God take away the guilt that is um, possibly making you sick physically even. And let go of your weaknesses and let God make them your, his strength. Let God make them his strength. It's often exactly there that God's just waiting. He's waiting for you to hand them over. It's almost like we just need a whole lot of time ourselves to process this individually, isn't it? To be able to write down the things that we've been holding on to and to be able to release them to God. Well, you can have that opportunity here today, this morning. If you need more time to process these things, there's people that are very willing to meet with you during the week or over the coming months, whatever it is that you might need. It might be that this is a process that takes quite some time to be able to surrender the things that God is just making you aware of, things that uh, you may have been holding on for a very, very long time. So how about we just stand together and then I'll pray. Dear God, today I'm fully surrendering my life to you. Lord, I've been holding things back and I'm sorry. Please take from me my worries, wounds, wrongs and weaknesses. God, give me the rest that you promise. God, give me the restoration that you promise. Fill me with your strength to live in this surrendered life. Help me, God, not to pick up these things again, but instead to let you, God, deal with them. Thank you, God, for your deep love for us. Thank you, God, that you forgive us. Thank you, God, that you will always love us. Amen.